Welcome to the Build Up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlewy.net for further information. Stephen, how's it going? You're uh, uh, nearly the guts of a week into this now. Are you enjoying the, the Rugby World Cup experience, the early mornings, the TV work as well? You're a busy man. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a bit of a crazy ten days, I suppose. Um, down in Dublin, for obviously working with RT, um, you know, covering the opening game, and then stayed down the whole weekend. Up early for the Irish games, and then I find myself waking up at like six o'clock every morning to try and watch some rugby, which is absolutely brilliant. Um, but yeah, it's just been some outstanding games, and obviously the pick of the bunch. I think over the last number of matches was the Irish performance. I know you're probably going to touch on it, but um, you know, it's just superb to get off to a fantastic start, and I think everybody within Ireland now is, is right behind the lads, and it's just a lot of positivity flying around again. And you know that big defeat against England that seems a long time ago now. Yeah, are there any question marks you've been thinking of since, and that you know that that Irish performance that there's nothing we've left to prove. Obviously, there was some doubts about things like the line-out set pieces and stuff like that going into the game, but. They've all been kind of put to rest at this stage. Hopefully, to do just stands the test. Then, when we come up against possibly South Africa in the quarterfinal, yeah, I think so. Um, the only thing that I would say is like Ireland, Ireland, you know, didn't get tested at all. Um, Scotland didn't even fire a shot. You know, you t- I talked about Scotland getting in the air and putting pressure in the Irish lineout. You know, they literally as soon as they went seven points behind, just went into their shells. You know, it just seemed like they were off the ball in every. Uh, facet of their game like so um, it'd be interesting to see if Ireland you know come under a bit of pressure at any stage in the match if it's really tight over the next even over the next couple of games um, if Japan can put them under a bit of pressure how they cope with it because they weren't under any pressure really against Scotland um, and you know I think going forward that'll be what, what Joe will be talking about is key moments in the matches where you know it can swing either way that uh, they make sure they come out on top but no superb performance, um, one to twenty-three. You know, obviously a lot of guys coming onto the, onto the pitch off the bench made an impact straight away. Big Chris Fowle was superb. You know, Jack Conan coming on in the back row um, was excellent. So you know, just absolutely brilliant. And then with Rob Carney and hopefully Henshaw and Earls to come back into the squad as well. I think you know it's in a good place at the minute. Yeah, I was about to say, actually, like we'll talk about the Japan game coming up. Obviously, the selection there is going to be a little uh, different, probably trying to get other guys' game time in that. But in the long term now, the likes of Farrell and Conan really put their hands up to be in that. If you're going to pick your you know, your first 15, maybe, again, the 15 for possibly the quarterfinal, um, those guys, the performances they put in, it's going to put uh, some good headaches in uh, for, for Joe, some good question marks about selection. Absolutely. And somebody like Chris Farrell and... Uh quarter-final against South Africa coming on with, you know, 30 minutes to go in the, in the mask. It really, he could be the difference. You know, he, he really could. Um, I just thought the way he went about his business was absolutely fantastic. Um, really good in the air. Um, he actually doesn't have a bad kicking game also if, if it's, um, if he needs it. So, yeah, no, I think just in general, it's, there's a real good positive buzz about the place and, um, you know, selection headaches is always a good thing for a coach. And, you know, there'll be a few of the lads who are starting, who started that match against Scotland will be saying, right, you know, when I get an opportunity, I really need to prove myself again because these guys are chomping at the bit and nipping at the heels to, to make sure that they, they, they get selected once again in the 23. Uh, 
talk to me just before we move off the Scotland game about Scotland because we talked about we laughed about it here last week about uh, Scotland have been a covered team for 10 years uh, you were mentioned, you were mentioned it on, yeah you mentioned on the television about uh, where where does this confidence come from and I was thinking you know, Jesus everyone bigs up the England rivalry but really this Scottish team like there must be some satisfaction and just shut them up sometimes in the talk that all the talk they have and Mick was talking we were saying like who is Ireland's biggest rival rivals of those home nations like Mick was saying that he had heard before that it's actually Wales as players does that get into your mindset we were playing against you know we've come up against Scotland going like these lads are talking a big game and we're going to have to show them cut them down a peg or two yeah maybe but like at the same time talking about Scotland what if they they haven't beaten us in the ages like they've have won like 15 out of 18 games or something crazy like that um, really of the last 18 um, I just think that the Scottish I don't know I don't know where they get it from is it Gregor Townsend you know getting into their psyche saying right guy you know ultra positive like Stuart Hogg did an interview saying they're there in Japan to win a World Cup <laughs> they're going to you know, do everything they can to win a World Cup and you're like guys you know if you, the way they performed against Ireland you know, there's, there's not a hope in hell that they're going to win a World Cup I think they'll be tough it'll be a tough challenge to beat Japan if, if they play like that against Japan because they were absolutely brutal I said it on the TV um, you know no variation in their game their key players their big guys didn't stand up I think Stuart Hogg was the only one that was seen to any type of threat throughout the game I know they suffered an injury with Watson going off but the game was long gone by that stage um, and I would love to be in the camp to see where they get this, you know, all this positive. I think it's other people talking them up too. You know, it's not just the guys in the camp. I think it's Scottish pundits and and the Scottish media just trying to give them a bit of a lift, I suppose, also. But, um, yeah, Scottish rugby, I think, it, you know, their warm-up matches against Georgia, France, was that the right preparation to, to go in against a full-blooded match against Ireland? I'm not really sure it was, where Ireland had a a couple of big test matches against Wales leading into that game so um, maybe the preparation needs to be looked at also um, but I think all in all game, they had no game plan their big game players didn't turn up um, they couldn't they couldn't do anything about Ireland's line speed no variation um, all in all a really disappointing performance because I think everybody expected a lot more from them We'll talk a bit about the Japan game in a minute and maybe Japan will be looking at targeting Scotland now rather, to, rather than us after the performance we've seen. But just on the, yeah. the games we've seen so far, it's going to be very, we've seen like all the big teams, but it's going to be very hard to take anything from England's win over Tonga or, you know, um, even Australia and Fiji for what it was. It was yeah. a close game, but again, hard to know what Australia would be like come up against a big team. Likewise for Wales against Georgia. New Zealand and South Africa obviously was the one that, everyone in Ireland was watching and everyone around the world really yeah. with an interest in rugby that was that was going to be the real other than Ireland Scotland the only real real test for a top tier uh, for two top tier yeah. nations what did you make of it did you think that like some of the pre-tournament hype around South Africa was overblown or am I probably reading too much into the result and not what we actually saw in the 80 minutes which was a pretty even game yeah it was a pretty even game you know anybody had just Flicked on the TV at the final whistle, we went, oh, geez, New Zealand won comfortably, you know, 10 point win. Um, I think after 20 minutes, uh, South Africa had an opportunity to go 6 0 ahead and they hit the post and it was a pretty easy kick. And I think if they had went 6 0 ahead and then, you know, regaled themselves and, and maybe got the next three points or the next score, 
then you know the game might have shifted either way. But New Zealand played for 20 minutes of that match, and you know they just blew South Africa away in that 20 minutes when you know that up and in defence of South Africa, they caught them out um, a couple of times. And you know I think just in general a very clinical side like New Zealand when you go 15 points behind, they're they're a hard team to chase down. So um, I, I thought it was a pretty even game. Uh, South Africa showed their muscle, showed their strength, their physicality at times, uh, but they also showed uh, vulnerability in, in their, you know, in their defence, where they do leave numbers short. And the way Johnny Sexton played at the weekend, and the variation with Conor Murray and his kicking game seemed to be a lot better. You know, you would fancy your chances of of playing against South Africa rather than New Zealand in a quarter final. Just the way that game kind of panned out. But I think it was a fantastic game for. For the viewers, and the level of, of the rugby, I think, was higher than any other game of the weekend. Um, and it was just brilliant to see two world-class teams go head-to-head. You know, it was, it was superb. I was laughing. Razzy Rasmus after was uh, sarcastically praising the discipline of the New Zealand players. I suppose if there's one negative thing maybe to take from the opening round of games, I uh, just want to get your thoughts on the standard of refereeing, really, because it's been very, very... Like, a lot, they could have had two red cards yesterday in the Samoa game. Uh, they couldn't, there could have been numerous yellow cards in the France-Argentina game. You obviously have the tackle in the Australia-Fiji yeah. game as well. It's it's leaving a lot to be desired, a lot of these matches. And actually, I thought Wayne Barnes had a decent game on Sunday, all in all. I thought, yeah, I thought Wayne Barnes has been the pick of the bunch. I, I really do. I think he uh, controlled the game really well. He communicated... Well, with the captains, it just seemed the game just seemed to have no edginess to it. There wasn't really any tackles or anything. What was that because of the tone that Wayne Barnes set? I think it, I think it was. You know, he just kind of let the lads get on with it. Um, I look at that result there this morning. Uruguay beat Fiji. Would Fiji have been beaten by Australia if uh, Australian had been red carded? You know, I know it's only four uh, four days previous, but at the same time, Fiji could have a win under their belt and. You know, today's game against Uruguay could have been a completely different story. So, like, it's it's small, fine, fine margins. Um, and I think, you know, Garcés in, in that New Zealand uh, South Africa game, I thought, was extremely poor. Um, there was a, a break right up the wing with 70 minutes on the clock and Colby went the, the whole length of the pitch, um, bouncing off people. <laughs> it, was, it was just a, a sensational run. And he gets there and then the next ruck, uh, Sevea comes in and just steals the ball. I'm like, I'm like, going, there's two South African men have just cleaned the rock out. Ander standing over the rock, and he's just come in and picked the ball out. And I was like, since when can can somebody come in and just steal the ball when a rock is actually formed? And Gar says, just says, play on. And I'm like, going, if this was a World Cup final and that happened, it would like, and there's Absolutely. a couple of points in the game. It, yeah, you know, it's it's. I know it's fine margin, and Gar says has had to run 70 meters to try and keep up with Colby maybe slightly fatigued. Um, but I think, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Garcia's uh, refereeing performance at the weekend. And, you know, I think Razzy Erasmus was right, sarcastically saying about New Zealand's discipline because, um, you know, what was the penalty count? 10 to 4 or something like that. Um, you know, I definitely thought South Africa were hard done by on a few occasions, especially with the offside line and the ruck. Um, and I suppose, lads, the offside line has been talked about a hell of a lot um, after that Argentine-France game, which just seemed to be a free-for-all times. Mm. 
Speaking of a free for all, I was just thinking, even your as a back row forward yourself, like there was a video going around of Michael Hooper, basically like he was closer to the Fiji end of the ruck than he was to the Australia end, and the ref thought, oh great, and yeah. I think I think ended up giving Australia a penalty for holding on or something. It's just I don't know if there's like if there's blind spots in that, or do sometimes referees forget? Like is is it just the case of them being human and just forgetting? what they're seeing in front of them and what you're allowed to do and not do you know because i find that obviously yeah. that's an extreme example and that's why the video has gone around because it was bizarre that he got away with it but like for me coming in at like a 45 degree angle into the rook is just commonplace and it'll be pinged one out of ten I, it doesn't seem like it's that difficult yeah. a thing for a referee to organize no i think one thing nowadays guys is that you know everybody has the videos on their iPhone and the hundred different camera angles and you know the overhead shots where like 10 15 years ago you had one camera at the pitch and that's all you had you know you had no, no TMOs no Hawkeye everything like that so after each game a referee's performance gets analyzed by a hundred different cameras um, and I think nowadays all those small things are just picked up more often and um, the referees have a bloody tough job. We all we all know that, but at the same time, the players and teams just want consistency. And you know, if if they are going to let all these fifty fifty decisions go and keep it a bit of a free for all, and um, you know, I think World Rugby wants to keep the ball and play a lot more, then you know, it's got to be the same for everybody. And I don't think it has been. You know, I really don't think it has been. There's some of the uh, decisions. I watched the YouTube video posted on my Twitter about uh, the New Zealand uh, was it Moody who come in at like sideways and about four or five different rocks, mm-hmm. um, not even through the gate and show shoulder to the head, um, elbow to the face after he cleaned the guy out in the rock and just like going, the South Africans are probably sitting in the changing room afterwards going, right, what, what the hell's happened here? You know, they got away with murder, we didn't. Um, and it's just consistency that the lads want. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting one and I think it's, hopefully it's something that doesn't decide a World Cup in you know four or five weeks time that you know you'll you'll be chatting to me and saying oh Stevie what about Garcia's decision the last kick of the game you know we really don't want that to happen so World Rugby's come out and said that they aren't happy with the the level of refereeing Um, so fingers crossed for the next couple of games they they hammer down on it and transfer it out yeah the pressure's on let's just talk about Ireland again then before we go because I don't know I was watching the Samoa match yesterday and like outside of the possible two red card yellow card incidents that could have been red you kind of think that that's unfortunately the way the system is you're going to get away with that against Russia but you won't get away with it against Ireland Uh, but outside of that even all I could think of was geez these are big hard men not even from a talent point of view but just as a that's going to be a kind of a bruising enough match and we do have to kind of look over our shoulder for it you kind of think the Russia game will just take care of itself but it kind of puts then this week into perspective you know as in does Ireland divide up the I suppose you have to kind of play everybody over the next three games do you think that's do you think we won't see a full full strength team and that he's going to mix it up over the next three weeks or are we going to put out Try and win this game, put it aside, and then and then kind of give lads breaks over the next couple of weeks. No, I, I think you know it, it would be silly to like just rest Johnny Sexton until the quarterfinal. Now you know it would be silly to rest Rory Best and only play eighty minutes the weekend for the next three games. I think you're just going to see a, a bit of a mixture for the the rest of the games in the pool stage, um, and you know I think that's the best way to go about it. Guys need to get game time they, you know obviously we're hopefully going to play South Africa um, 
I think we're just going to see a bit of a mixed bag. Um, I think in terms of the actual games themselves, you're going to see different game plans. You know, against Samoa, you can't play that attritional game where you're just going to run into brick walls all day. You know, you're susceptible to injury. Um, you know, as you said, they're, they're huge men. Uh, they're going to put in massive hits. So they've got to change the game plan. Somebody like Japan, you can play that game. You can, you know, get across the game line because they are smaller men. Um, but, you know, you got to vary the game plan. And I think he picked the players to suit what game plan he's going to implement in each game. So, yeah, a bit of a mixed bag over the next few weeks. And I think that's only a good thing. So looking at this Japan game, what are you thinking in terms of, obviously, we want a decent performance, but I'm going to have to to push you and come up with some uh, prediction for it. It's a tough one because you don't know what team, obviously, like, like you're saying, it could be a mixed bag. We don't see a yeah. will they ease no, up, but... What I think it'll thinking? be a mixed bag for, for for both sides. Like so, obviously Japan. I, um, if I was Japan side, you'd be really targeting the Scottish. Team. I think they're there for the taking. Um, and you know, I think Japan might rest a, a few of their key men. Um, and you know, it might make Ireland's lives a little bit easier. But yeah, I, I can't see Ireland slipping up. I can't see them being put under too much pressure. Um, you know, I, I fancy Japan to get a couple of scores, but I definitely fancy. Ireland to get another bonus point win so I think the bookies have it you know, 21 points on the spread I think I'll be that will be around about where I would go um, I'd maybe fancy Ireland to run away with it in the last 10-15 minutes so um, I think um, I think Ireland you know minus 21 I would be leaning towards that um, just because of of the way that the lads in this current situation that they're in but at the same time Japan are playing at home and they're a proud nation. You know, they'll be fiery. They'll be well up for it. Um, and 21 points in a test match is, is quite a few. So yeah. I think I'll be hovering around that 21-point mark. Um, if anything, they would maybe lean towards Ireland. Mm. Ireland 21-25 to 25 as a winning margin um, is 6-1. to one. Uh, so if you think it's going to be close enough to the handicap, that might be one worth looking at. Even sixteen to twenty is also six to one, so you could almost have a kind of a, yeah. a look at both of them. You yeah, know, I think. I think yeah, yeah. You can throw two bets on there for for both those. Um, I think that would be uh, that would be a good margin between the two teams. Um, I think realistically, if both teams play pretty well, uh, you'd expect Ireland to, w- to win between you know fifteen and twenty five points. Uh, if both teams play to their potential, so yeah, good odds on that. Thanks mate for chatting to us, Stephen. Enjoy the next uh, seven days of games. We'll be chatting to you again. Cheers, lads. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mel. Stuart Barnes, happy to work with Rory Best. I'm amazed to see you still here at this stage. Thanks very much, Rev. Mind your own business. That was, Mark, my favourite bit of what was actually a tour de force of commentary from Donald Lenehan on RTE. I think, I don't know whether it's the early mornings, it won't be early mornings for him, but for us, suits the kind of Donald humour. But I loved his performance, and that was just class. <laughs> like it was uh, like, I was too busy paying attention to falling in love with Eddie O'Sullivan all over again. Uh, we've got him in here in, in studio. We've actually got an article entirely dedicated to Eddieisms, as we call them. Yeah. Uh, Eddie O'Sullivan's patented phrases. And he had a great one at the weekend where he was talking about Japan possibly putting out a weakened team against Ireland because they're going to be looking at Scotland now as somewhat of a wounded duck. And <laughs> they'll be targeting that match. 
<laughs> yeah, good old Eddie. Um, brilliant to have him on the television. I'm actually, I have to say, I think some of the coverage across air and across RT has been brilliant um, for the World Cup so far. I haven't seen too much of ITV stuff, but I know you can get that um, as well. And they have like Brian Driscoll and Paul O'Connell as well. So it's actually class. That there's been really, really good rugby coverage. Um, but yeah, no, I particularly have enjoyed Donal. I have to say since. Um, you know, he's he's always one of the best ones, but yeah. RT haven't had that much rugby lately, so it's been good to listen to. Um, the rub, the referee, referee and quality of the World Cup so far is an interesting one because, like, there's two kind of different aspects to it. So there's kind of some of the stuff we were talking about there, the two red cards that there should have been in the Samoa game. Hodge, I think, how has gotten a, was it three weeks? Three weeks, yeah, yes. He's going to miss the rest of the pool yeah, stages. Yeah. Tackling the Fiji game. But then but there's also... I this, suppose from Fiji's point of view, it's like that's dealt with in a way great for him and for their future opponents but Fiji might have won that game as Stephen mentioned they there, got yeah, a card exactly you know? but then there's the other one which is like the death by a thousand cuts of the constant offsides the constant crooked balls into the line out the constant coming in sideways into the rook like those things aren't obvious incidents that are going to be picked up afterwards and there'll be any sort of retribution for them it's it's like there are small things that are going to have to get better very quickly in terms of, and look at with, with New Zealand it's been this way for a, a good few years now it's probably not going to change before yeah. the end of the World Cup I watched uh, I don't know if I mentioned it last week actually but I watched the New Zealand France quarter final from Cardiff in 2007 and like it is fair to say that New Zealand were absolutely robbed in that game like horrendously like so many decisions went against them apparently Graham Henry watched the game 40 times afterwards and decided at the end of it there was a conspiracy uh that's it's all in a book that he wrote a couple of years ago that he had so like amazing but honestly since then I don't think other than that one red card that Sonny Bill got or whatever I don't think New Zealand have had a decision against them it's it's absolutely unbelievable I don't know whether it's intimidation or whether they're scared to be wrong because of how hard the media and Steve Hansen and the whole New Zealand you know uh, institution will go after them that they're afraid to get it wrong or whether it's or, or whether it's some sort of weird accidental favoritism or something like that but they're just not penalized the same as every other team and it's a fact and you've seen that on Saturday it was bonkers like they were just standing a meter offside at all times. I was about to move on to talk to, to chat to Kevin Doyle, talk about football. But before we close the topic uh, of rugby and talking about pundits and commentators, we could not leave you without playing my favourite piece of rugby analysis that I've seen in the World Cup so far, and it is the aforementioned Graham Henry. Uh, Ted, there are 12 players in this All Blacks 23 who are making their Rugby World Cup debut or if they come off the bench anyway will make their Rugby World Cup debut. What would you be telling them to, to calm the nerves? Well, I don't think you can sell them anything really. Um, they'll be shitting themselves, quite frankly. That is just, it's the way he emphasises the shitting. It's not just, he goes all in. He's like, should I say shitting? I'm going to say shitting. The, They'll be absolutely shitting it. The presenter's face is brilliant. He just breaks out laughing. A uh, few things about Graham Henry. I never knew his name was Ted, even, even though his name was Graham. That's so much so that it's not even just a nickname. It's like what they call him on the analysis. And secondly, if I lived to be 100 and he lived to be 200, I would have never, ever thought that Graham Henry would provide the funniest moment of a World Cup. <laughs> It's going to be hard to top that. I know it's only the first week, but it's going to be very hard to top that. Before we finish up on the rugby, just wanted to remind you that Labrooks will have a super price boost on every Rugby World Cup game this week and indeed throughout the tournament. 